In these uncertain days, there is a person who offers peace. His name is Jesus. People from all walks of life are gathering in his house to hear from him. It's time for you to join the movement. Let's dive into God's word this morning. I want to talk about with you today, answering the call. Answering the call. The Bible says, say amen, if you're in Acts 5 and 12. Those of you online, there's a Bible there for you as well. Now, many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest of them dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitude of both men and women. Now look this way for a moment. You may have read that like if you're a first-time visitor to the church or you haven't been in Acts with us, you may look at this and you're like, what are signs, what are wonders, and, and who are these people, and who are these apostles? These are, these are good questions to have that you should have. Well, listen to me. And the Bible said that when Jesus founded the church, Jesus left the church with a mission, and that mission was to go to all the world. Acts 1 and 8, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And the Scripture says there was this movement that began out of this miracle of Jesus and that they began to go to the world. And as they were going to the world, the devil pushed back. And you know that happens, doesn't it? But the Scripture says they were, there were signs and wonders. That, that those two words simply are descriptive of what we call miracles. A sign is something that is done that helps you to illustrate something else. For example, if a road is out, you, you might have, there might be a sign that says, beware, stop, the road is out. And there might be a sign that, that says 55 miles an hour, which nobody pays attention to. Can I get an amen? So in the Bible, when it says signs, it's there for a purpose, but then it says wonders. These are miracles that take place that leave people wondering, who is this God? see, in that day, I want you to hear this, in that day, the church was moving forward. I look on the screen. Here's our, our first thing I want you to see on the screen this morning together. The purity of devotion to the way, that's Jesus Christ, positioned the church in a place where the enemy could not stop them. See, he comes against them, but the more he pressured him, the more the miracles and the wonders were together. And there were these apostles. These were the, these were the original people, the 12 leaders that God set aside for the New Testament church to lead along the way. And so they would gather together, Solomon's portico, which is an area outside in the outer court of the temple. They would gather together, Jewish people gathered in one place, and all these Christians gathered somewhere else. And they were dying, and they were increasing. That was the crowd. And they were preaching the Word of God. And as they preached the Word of God, there were signs and wonders. And, and, and MacArthur says this, Brother Danny, that there were so many getting saved that it came to the place they couldn't count them anymore. They couldn't keep up with the numbers. Must not have been a Baptist in the group, right? So they couldn't keep up with the numbers anymore of all that God was doing. And, and I want you to think about this for just a moment with me. They were in a movement of people that had answered the call of God upon their lives. So let me ask you this question. Could it be that God has that same call upon Jackson First Baptist? Could it be that God personally has this call upon your life for some ministry in some way? There's, there's, there's a word that just stuck out to me as I was reviewing this on Friday. It's in verse 12. It is the word regularly. Say that word with me, regularly. Something that's regular is something that happens day by day. Amen? Those in, in the crowd that, that maybe in your bodily functions are not regular, you have to have a supplement. Am I correct in that? I don't mean to be potty humor. I can hear Sherry saying that now. 
But you have to have a supplement. If, you're, if you want to be regular at work, you better put it on your calendar, hadn't you? You, you better make sure you set your clock. You, you may make sure that you do what you need to gas in the car. All these things that you need. But now think about this, that, that the New Testament was something was happening in them regularly that, that positioned them. There, there was this regular thing called awakening. When I did the research, I came to this reality that this was a day in the New Testament church of spiritual movement from God where he was infusing life into them every day. Now, I want you to think about this. Since January, we've been praying for spiritual awakening. We went through the series Spiritual Awakening. We said that spiritual awakening is when God infuses fresh life into the body of Christ. When he infuses that life into us that causes us, now watch this, as regular people, day by day to experience the wonder and the signs of God. So let me ask you, as of right now, what's going on in your personal life? As of right now, where are you? Is there this fresh life into them? Listen, there was so much going on that Warren Worsby in his commentary on this passage said this, that the apostles could not even walk in the streets. Now imagine this, as they were trying, the 12 of them, trying to walk through the streets, difficulty, because wherever they were, there were crowds of people that were coming around them. And you have crowds of people around you, correct? They gather for ball games. They, they gather for family reunions. Well, what's going on where people are gathering where you are? The Bible said that there were so many gathering, they couldn't count them. But notice your text with me down in verse number 15, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets. Now watch this. They're carrying them out. Can you imagine today going to Henry Piedmont or over to Griffin and, and bringing out in the beds those who were sick and bringing them out with deacons coming by, pastors coming by, and regular people coming by. They brought them out. You see, a lot of times we read the, with the Scripture in its timeline, but we don't get transformed. I want to be transformed by this, my brothers and sisters. They laid them on cots and mats that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. Superstition was that in that day that if a man walked by, the shadow itself could heal. We don't know whether that is true or not, but we deal that God's a healing God. The scripture said this, the people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem. They were bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits. And listen to what the scripture says, they were all healed. Now, I wonder today if that's still possible for today. I wonder today, do you and I have the capability, if we're connected, listen to this, to this fresh life from God, that regular people have the ability to reach 17,500 lost people in Butts County? Do we have the capability in Christ to answer a call? I don't know what that personal call is for you in your particular area. Call it your work, call in your retirement, call in your school, call in your, whatever that area of your life, whatever gifting you have. Do you believe that God has a personal call upon you at your age? That he can do these amazing things in your life? I want to tell you, I believe it with all my heart, that I'm praying with all my heart that God helps this church, that he enables this church to reach 17,500 people in my lifetime with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to hear this. Tim Delina said it this way. It's coming on the screen for you. It's not that, that we are looking, notice this, for, for methods to follow. I'm not looking for, for just to be just like the apostles and follow every method they have. But what I'm doing is this. I want to pray and believe God for miracles from God. I want to be what, what Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, that old men would dream dreams. 
that young men would have visions from God, that we would be a people no matter our age, that we would accept the call of God. And I'm telling you today, no matter who you are in this room, God has a personal call upon your life. And all I want to do today is to rally you and to wave a flag a little bit along the way and say that that God's calling you and it's a personal call no matter where you are. And and maybe you're receiving it and don't know it because of what you're going through. Or maybe you're distracted today. Maybe somebody in this room is deeply distracted by something personal that's going on in your life. And because of that, the flag is waving, but you never hear any of it or see it. And then some of you are right where you need to be. Some of you are right where you need to be. You're obeying God. You're following him in the call. And I just want to wave the flag for you today and just say, keep it up. The miracle's coming. So what I want to do is to read on down through the text day in Acts chapter 5 where the Dr. Luke says, let me give you an illustration of how all this was working. And there are five little things that I want to lay before your heart today, five little statements that, that what they were doing. Number one was this, you already know it, the movement was spreading rapidly. The movement was spreading rapidly. Thousands upon thousands were getting saved. Secondly, I want you to think about this. I've moved in the second point already. Satan hated the movement. You see, anytime that you do anything in the kingdom of God, the devil hates it. You say, how do you know? Look in verse 17. The Bible says, but the high priest rose up and all who were with him. That is the party of the Sadducees. And they were filled with, here it is, they, they filled with jealousy. And they arrested the apostles and put them in the public prison. I wrote this down. They took action. When you study this passage and you look at commentaries, you realize that Swindoll said that they were not only upset because their position was being challenged, but also their place with society was being challenged. Rome had given the Sanhedrin, the 70 rulers of the Jewish people, the authority to keep people in line. As long as they kept them in line, they would let them rule. They were actually funneling money to the temple. So the politics of this, in other words, politics and religion were in bed together. And Jesus came, on, came along the scene and bust up the party, and Satan hated the movement of God. And you know what he does? Write this down. Number three, Satan always takes the offensive against the church when the church stands up. And so the Scripture says that they got, got them in that moment. The people were filled with jealousy. Do you realize there is the increased persecution of the church everywhere in the world? Friend, listen to me. The devil hates us, but I've got this good news for you. Write this down. God shows up right on time. You need need not worry about the enemy. The scripture says this. Now, notice it in the text that they are, verse 18, they arrested the apostles and put them in the public prison. I love this. But during the night, but during the night, y'all don't make me have a fit by myself up here, but during the night. An angel of the Lord opened the prison doors. Did you read that? An angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out. This happened in Acts 4. Now it happens in Acts 5 again. It's pair of these revolving doors. Now, listen to this. Uh, Tony Murata said it correctly. He said, don't get discouraged if an angel from God doesn't deliver you. Just know this. He's with you. He's always with you. And the Bible says, Hebrews 13, 6, that he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. So it may be that God is going to take you through. But in this moment, God delivered them. Now, think about this. Look at this quote. It's in your notes for you. But look at this quote as it comes on the screen. God's deliverance is not for the purpose of your comfort. 
Many of us are praying for our leg, for our arm, for our ankle, for our ears or toes. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that should not be the bulk of our praying, friend. Listen to me. When God delivers you, it's for the purpose, the furtherance of our calling. I want, I want you to see this. The scripture says that when, that when the angel brought them out, he said something to them in verse 20. He said, go. I'd be going too, wouldn't you? I'd be going far as I could go. But the scripture says, go and stand. Here it is. Here it is in the temple. Where had they been arrested the day before? In the temple. What were they doing? Now, this may blow your mind. They, they, they were mean people. They were mean-spirited, devilish people that, that stay half a night in the church in a business meeting about stupid things. They were mean-spirited people that, that were mad because they had to stay five extra minutes in the line in the drive-thru. They were people that, that were propagating their own religion. No, friend, that's not who they were. They were people that were praying and loving and feeding and caring and calling out to God who was raising the dead, who was healing the sick, who was caring for the poor, who were seeing demons cast out. That's what they were doing. They were the betterment of society. The writer of Hebrews says the world was not worthy of them. They're put in prison for it. Friend, why do you and I give up and think we might be shut up when nobody's even stepping up to do anything against us? The truth of the matter is that in many churches in America, they've given up without a shot being fired. I don't care what they, they want to debate in, in, in di different seminaries or they want to debate in different denominations for a year whether or not homosexuality is right. God's already said it. Whether they vote one way or the other, God's already said it. Whether they want to vote gender identity or not, God's already said it. Whether they say that the Word of God is His Word or not, He's already said it. It is. And so since He has, He'll step up. And so God told them, He said, I want you to go and stand in the temple. Now watch when you get in the temple, what should you do? Now watch this. Speak to the people the words of this life. I mean, I, I got all happy about this. The words of this life. My wife tells me she doesn't like people to scream at her when they're preaching, so I'm going to say this calmly. The way of life. See, we are, we are born in a world of death. You may not want to believe it or not, but if you live long enough, you'll experience it. For it's once upon unto man to die, and after death comes the judgment. The wages of sin is death. We live in a, a dead world with dead people who are acting like they are alive. And the older they get, the more that they cover it up with paint, more that they cover it up with doctors. The, they just continue all of their life to try to keep it alive. But the, the Bible says that they in the church began to say there is a way of life. See, when God created us, he created us good, but then we walked away from that. But Jesus Christ came in his perfect love for us, came down to this earth in a dead world. He came to be a living God, and as a living God, he said, I have come to give my life so that you might have life. And you know, John 3, 16, for God so loved this world, the dead world that he gave his one-of-a-kind son, that whoever would believe in him, the way, the truth, the life, would have everlasting life, would not perish. And friend, today you will meet somebody who's going out into eternity. Hell is real. And someday all those who are in Abraham's bosom, all those who are in Hades who are awaiting the final delivery to the second death in hell will experience it unless somebody tells them about the way. But listen to me, somebody has to step up because the government's not going to do it. Dead churches are not going to do it. Family members are not going to do it. Who is going to tell somebody in their dead state there is the way of life? You and I. So here's the next point. God is calling the church to take the offensive. 
Not to be offensive. Hallelujah to anybody. Not to be offensive. Anybody, anybody that's lost can be offensive. But when you get the way in you, the way of life in you, it humbles you. It causes you to have love toward people. It causes you to want to embrace lostness, not to be lost, but to embrace them, to, to care for them, to minister to them, to be a part of their lives. The Scripture says in verse 21, And when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to preach. Now, let me ask you this. When's going to be your daybreak? When's going to be the moment that you answer the call? When you answer the call, I know it's going to be difficult, but friend, it's time that we, we recover our public schools while there's opportunity. It's time that, that we vote this fall, that we vote in the greatest numbers in the church that we've ever voted, because listen to me, this, this election counts, and if we don't stand up and vote what the Bible says, friend, we're done for as a nation, not as a church. We'll be persecuted, but we're going to go right on through, hallelujah, but for the sake of our community. For the sake of our state and the sake of our world, we need to stand up. We need to be involved in Christian schools and the elementary and the high school. We need to be involved in seminaries all around that we should be putting our money and our dollars into missions. And that's what we do around this church. We don't hold on to anything here at this church. We give it away for the things that are making a difference in the kingdom of God. We've taken the offensive to go to the temple, outside the temple, wherever people are. And I'm challenging you today with your time, with your talent, and with your treasure. Some of you have quit giving, and you need to start giving again. Take the offense. You say, preacher, what if I get in trouble? You will. You will. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, look at what the Bible says in verse 21. Now, when the high priest came and those who were with them, they called together the council, all the senate of the people of Israel, 70 people, and sent the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, they did not find them in the prison, like you and I know what happened. They didn't find them in the prison, so they returned and reported. We found the prison securely locked, and the guards standing there, the Bible said, the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Can I tell you this? The devil cannot imprison you in your mind unless you open the door. He cannot destroy your family unless you open the door. He cannot defeat you. You cannot be discouraged. You cannot, cannot be destroyed unless you open the door and invite him in because as a child of God, greater is he who's in you than he who is in the world. And so they went to look for them. They couldn't find them in the prison. And the scripture says, we found no one inside, verse 24. And when the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them, wondering what this would become to them. So they came and told them, that's the leaders, look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain with the officers went and brought them, not by force, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. Friend, listen to me. We should always, now this is a big point right here. We should always be in a place where the world knows where we are. Where will you find Keith on Sunday morning? Well, if he can get off, off work and act like he's sick, he won't have to go to church. No. You find him in preaching the Word of God. Where will you find the regular people like me every Sunday? We'll be in the house of God. Where will you find me at night at home with my family ministering? Where will you find me during the week in my, in my mission field, being who God's called me to be? Friend, they didn't have to look far for them. They were not hiding. And it's time that you open up your blinds again in your home, the home of your heart. It's time that you open up your homes and you call up to the church and say, hey, I'll open up my home to a community group. 
I'll let a group be in my home. I'll, I'll be a teacher. I'll, I, want, I want my area where I live to be reached with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They didn't have to look far for them. Verse 27, and when they had brought them, they set them before the council. Now, this is about to get really good. And the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charge you not to teach in this name, yet here you have, have filled Jerusalem, hallelujah, with your teaching. And you intend to bring this man's blood upon me. Now watch this. The fruit of a regular life lived with the infusion of God merits this. Fill Jerusalem with the word of God. I want to tell you this. Jackson is not filled with the word of God even though we've got 60 churches in our county. We've not filled our city with the word of God. You say, how do you know that? Look at your office. Look at where you go to school. Look at, look, look at your business. Just, just look all around. Look on the streets, the, the drug bust that was two weeks ago, the halls of city government, everything else around here. Let me tell you, we have not filled this city yet. Did you hear the word? Yet. But the longer that we get to be together and to raise them up and send them out, you say, but, but preacher, if I, if I rise up, they'll put me in jail. Maybe so. Who in this room is willing to, to put your life on the line to say that I am going to come out of retirement of whatever that may be in your life and be accounted by Almighty God? The Bible says here that, that these men were irate, that these men had preached, that they had brought the blood upon themselves. And the truth of the matter is, in Luke 20, verses 9 through 17, when Jesus was there standing before Pilate and Pilate wanted to release him, the priest said, crucify him and may his blood be upon us and upon our children. And can I tell you today that if you and I do not step out into the arena of life, that the blood will be on our hands. I don't want the blood of those children on my hands. I don't want the blood of those students on my hands. And can I tell you, I believe with all my heart that there's, there's at least two generations of people that go to church that for many of them, not you, but for many of them, the blood is on their hands. And America's in the shape that she's in because at the church house door, we close the doors when we should have engaged the crowd outside the doors. Say, so, preacher, what would I do? Well, listen to me. It's just so simple what you should do. In verse 29, he says this, but Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. You want to know how you should live your life? Right here it is in one simple statement, obey God rather than men. If you'll just obey God rather than men, you'll know your calling, you'll know your career, you'll know your opportunity, you'll answer the personal call of God. Every day I have to wake up to the reality that I must obey God rather than men. To do that is what we talked about last week. You have to remove some things from your life and replace it with the things of God and when you do. Now, the scripture says here in verse 30, now notice what Peter does. He says, the God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. What a message. And exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior. Friend, do you believe that? Five of us do. To give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. God positioned Jesus as leader and as Savior, sent him to this earth to be the way of life for us. The author of life in chapter 3 of the book of Acts, is, he is the author. Of, he sent him to be leader and Savior. Now watch this. And when people repent of their sins, God from heaven says this, I will forgive you. But they can't repent unless they've heard. 
Now watch this. And the, and the Bible says here, verse 32, watch regular people, we are witnesses to these things. Are you a witness? You say, preacher, I want to be. Preacher, I, I want to take the offensive. What can I do? I'm glad you asked. Turn with me in your Bible to 2 Timothy chapter number 2. 2 Timothy chapter number 2. Please turn there with me in your Bible on your mobile device. I want you to see this. We're wrapping this thing up. Listen to me. Chapter 2, verse 24, as, as Paul is writing to Timothy about his ministry, he says this, and the verse 24, and the Lord's servant. Anybody the Lord's servant in the room? The day you got saved, you became his servant. The Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. Now, friend, that's your ministry. Now, think about this. God says that, that if you will be touched by him, the Holy Spirit, now watch this, he will change you. You're his servant. When you're touched by him, you won't be quarrelsome. You'll be kind. You'll be able to teach. So I can't teach. No, no, no. You can give your testimony. You can be a witness. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Pastor Rick Secreth, how do, how, do you, how do you get with these kids all these different generations? It is it's not I. It is he. It is the Holy Spirit who does it in you. Now watch this. You'll patiently endure evil. You'll correct those who are lost with gentleness. Now what will God do? He may grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth that they might escape. Now watch this. They will come to their senses and escape. Do you want to see people come to their senses? I do, friend. And they will come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. So I wrote these crazy things down. If I'll be a regular guy touched by the Spirit of God, I can experience the power, uh, the power of God to be a witness for him, and God will transform lives. 17,500 people, friend, need to come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, and God has said regular people are to do it. But you've got to take the offensive and not be offended when someone stands up and says, that's you. I don't know, is anybody feeling the flag waving today? We're at the Daytona 500 spiritually, and the flag has come down for the race to begin. We're coming around the fourth turn, friend. I want to be the one as the flag is coming down, that I'm pushing, that I'm running, that I'm moving forward, that I'm reaching all that I can with my last breath. That's what God's called this church to do. You say, but preacher, I'll get in trouble. Well, they did too. As he preached it to them, they got irate, and they wanted to kill them. Gamaliel, one of the priests there, excuse me, the, one of the Pharisees rose up and said, hey, hey, calm down. They put them out of the room. He told two stories about two individuals that rose up before and, and they, they had been killed. He said this, if this not be of God, men, don't worry about it. But then he said these words that are profound words down in the text. He said this, but if this be of God, in verse 38, let them alone. For this, if this plan is undertaken to the men, it will fail. But if it's of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found to oppose God. So the Bible says they took their advice in verse 40, and when they called in the apostles, they beat them. And the Bible says, and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go for the first time. For the first time, someone other than our leader was beaten for his faith. Morata says, I think correctly in his commentary. They've probably been wondering why that their Lord had had 39 lashes on his back and they hadn't had it once. Friend, today I think the church in America is too, too soft. 
Some of you can't even go on a mission trip because you couldn't sleep in a bed that just like you like. You couldn't have a bathroom like that you have. You may be pushed beyond yourself. There might be a spider that's a little bit too big for you. I don't mean to put somebody down. My wife's scared to death of spiders. I don't mean to put anybody down. But the church of the Lord Jesus Christ knew what they were about, and they so wanted to be regular people touched by God, to be infused with power by God, to share their faith, and to go and touch and transform a world that they counted themselves worthy to suffer like Jesus. You say, Pastor, I don't understand. Verse 41, they left the presence of the council. And they rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. Here it is, Brother Danny, every day. In the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. See, friend, we need to be a church that when we come in, that we bring the sick, the afflicted, the broken, and the poor. But it takes you and I, each and every one of us. And today, I hope I have not offended you in my own flesh. But if I've offended you in the gospel, so be it. Because I want to tell you today, God's given you a personal call upon your life and upon my life. And that call is to be touched by God. To be touched by God in such, such a way that you will be infused with the Spirit of God to give your witness. And friend, I just want to tell you that I don't know what you're going through. And I'm just going to end the message right here. I don't know what you're going through, but count yourself worthy if you're suffering for Jesus. But if you're not... Surrender to his lordship. Just surrender to his lordship. And not only surrender to his lordship, friend, but shore up those things that are lacking in your life. Just If there are things in your life that are not what they need to be, if you've heard this message, just say, God, help me today. And you know what? And then stand against the devil. Just stand against the devil because, listen to me, God is on the offensive, not to be offensive, but to watch this, that he would reach them in the, from the snare of the devil. God's called you, and I'm thankful. So whatever it is today, just surrender to His Lordship. Thank you for joining the movement. We hope that you would reach out to us at info at jacksonfbc.com with your questions and check out more of our ministries at jacksonfbc.com.